Well, last Sunday we started a new message series which we are calling Things Happen and things do happen. And we know that. Good things happen and bad things happen. All kinds of things happen. And in the first week of this series, we took this fascinating verse of Scripture. I told you we'd come back to it. And we examined this verse together. We took it apart and we looked at it piece by piece. And you're going to see it on the screen uh, here again today. So take a look at it. It's going to be sort of the launch point for what we're going to look at uh, this morning. This is Romans chapter 8. And verse 28, let's look at it together. And this is what Paul said, and I promise it's going on this. There it is. Romans 8, 28, and we know, and we know, not that we think, not that we guess, not that we hope, and we know that in all things, and as we talked about last Sunday, because all kinds of things happen to all kinds of people, God works for the good. And as we indicated last week, not just good to us because God is much more interested in just what happens to us. God is very much interested in what is happening inside of us. God works for the good, good to you, good in you of those who love him. And we added that even those who do not love him, and we looked at some scripture in regards to that, that God causes the sun to rise on the unjust and the just, and he causes the rain to fall on the evil and the good alike. And God is even good to people who do not love him. And we're learning during these four weeks. This is the second of four weeks. I hope you're going to be here next week, the week following. What we're going to be talking about is so important. That uh, we're learning that when things happen, and they will, and that even when things seem out of control, that God is still very much in control. And today I want to talk to you about what I mentioned a few moments ago, and that is healing happens. During my devotional time this week, and I love my devotional time, and like you, sometimes things get a little crazy, and, and I have to set it aside briefly, and, but bring, bring it back, because I don't really want to get into the thick of my day without really having my most important appointment of the day, and that's my appointment with God. And I was reading this week, and certainly thinking a lot about the message today, and I was especially captivated by this incredible verse. It's not on the screen, but I have it here with me, a verse out of Luke chapter 5. I was reading in Genesis, three or four chapters in Genesis, I was re reading uh, a chapter or two in Luke, and I came across this verse, and, and again, it jumped out at me, Luke five seventeen, and it says this, I love this verse, and the power of the Lord was with with Jesus to heal the sick. Think about that. And I've read Luke's gospel so many times it's not funny, but I don't know. And again, I was keenly aware, knowing what I was talking about today. Maybe that's why it was so illuminated to me. But again, I just read, went back and I read it again and again and again and again. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. And how many of you believe that that is also true of today? That was not just in Jesus' day. I firmly believe with all my heart that that is also true for today. How about you? Do you believe that? And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to do what? Among many things, to heal the sick. And that's why today, I don't know who you are, what you're faced with, what you're up against, but I want you to feel such great hope today. I want you to feel hope for your sick body. Maybe you're plagued with something for your mind that has been uh, maybe tormented by, by, by your emotions that have been bruised, by a relationship that needs to be mended or to be healed, because I believe that the power of God is still at work in Jesus. And 
And because of that, healing still happens today. On this day, on this Sunday, May the 27th, I believe it with all my heart that God is healing today. In fact, you know what I believe? I believe that God's going to heal before this service is over. I believe that. I believe that God, you know, if you say, well, Jeff, you know what, man, you just need to catch up with the times. I don't want to catch up with the times if the times mean that God is not healing today. I believe that God heals today. I believe with all my heart. And, and I believe that God heals in spite of us. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I believe God heals in spite of us. Some of you have heard me uh, tell the story. Um, church I was pastoring before coming here I was in northeast Florida pastoring a wonderful church a lot of great people in it there was a grandfather by the name of Charlie and, and I say this to the glory of God and you're going to see why in just a moment because I'm going to tell you how weak and anemic my faith really was and so this guy by the name of Charlie he comes up to me after service one day and he's got his little grandson and we all know how grandparents feel about their grandkids right and he's got his little grandson in his arm and, and he just points out to me the child's feet and, and he says, I want you to look at his feet. And I looked and I saw that, okay, that's, that's not normal. And he said, I want you to pray for my little grandson. I can't remember the grandson's name, but I said, Charlie, I want to pray for your grandson. And um, I, I want to pray that the surgery is going to go well. I think it was that, that week. That was a Sunday, one day that week. He, um, or maybe it was a week after, or somewhere in the next few days. And so Charlie said, I want you to pray for my grandson, that he'll be touched by God. Now, I, this is not easy for me to tell you, but I'm just a transparent kind of guy. That may be good or bad. I'm just telling you how I am. I'm a transparent kind of guy, and I'd love to tell you that in that moment, I was the man, man of God with great faith and power. I'd love to tell you that, but that was not true. I was like, oh, my goodness. And I looked at his little feet, and I said, well, Charlie, let's pray. And in my mind, I was praying... I was praying, God, heal this child, heal this child supernaturally, but, I, but I'm just being transparent with you. I was thinking while I was praying, God, I hope the surgery goes well. Nothing wrong with surgery. I've had surgery. I had more surgeries than I want. And thank God for doctors and nurses and the medical community and science. And so in my mind, I know what Charlie wanted, but in my mind, I'm just praying that the surgery will be successful and, and the recovery will be good. And I pray for people about that all the time. So uh, not being the man of faith and power that I really wanted to be and being, you know, a doubting Jeffrey, uh, I'm like, all right. Uh, and I'm, I'm sort of like, uh, you know, let me know how it goes. You know, let me know surgery. So uh, next Sunday, Charlie comes up and he's got this big smile on his face holding the same grandchild. And... Uh, He's like, Pastor Jeff, I've got, and he's got this, Charlie would smile, but I'd never seen Charlie smile like that. And Charlie had this big smile on his face, and he said, you're not going to believe what happened. And uh, he said, God has healed my grandson. And we don't know what has happened. Nobody knows what has happened, but his little feet are perfectly normal now. And the doctor says, there's no need for surgery whatsoever. And, and listen, yeah, that's, that's all. God. Charlie was shocked. Guess who was more shocked than Charlie? <laughs> I'm like, really? <laughs> but, you know, I was convinced before then, but I was even more convinced after that that Jesus is still healing today, that the power of the Lord is in Jesus to heal those who are sick. 
I love this picture that was so prevailing among ancient Israel, and it was this thought of God's wings. Wings. Now, I know a lot of you, because you're thinking of the holidays, when you hear wings, you're not thinking God's wings. You're thinking hot wings. But God's wings. And did God have wings? It was imagery. It was not that God had literally wings, but it was imagery. And it was this thought of God's wing that firstly, that it was in God's wings. Listen to this now. That it was in God's wings that a person could find shelter. Now, how do we know that that would be identified with this imagery in regards to God? This verse is not on the screen, but I want you to listen carefully to it. This is Psalm 91 in verse 4, the A part, and it says, Under his wings, under God's wings, you are going to find refuge. And that's encouraging, isn't it? Because there's times when we're frightened and afraid and we want this sense of security. And ancient Israel had this idea that under God's wings, a person could find refuge and shelter and security. But also, this very important image spoke not only of God's protection, but also of God's healing. Now, how do we know that? The very last book of the Old Testament, Malachi chapter 4, verse 2, the A part of that verse, uh, you're going to see this up on the screen now. Take a look at it. This is this whole idea that ancient Israel had in regards to God. For you who fear my name, this God, for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with what? With healing. Where would it be found? In his wings. That the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. Now, I wanted you to capture that first. You needed to see that first before we get to what we're going to look at next. It's really important that you hang on to that, and I'm going to tell you why you need to hang on to that, and then you're going to see a vivid connection of this uh, to a passage that is found in the New Testament. Now, the Hebrew word for wing, when you go back, scholars tell us the Hebrew word for wing is also the word that would be used to describe the corner of a garment. Keep that in mind. This, this same Hebrew word can be translated to mean wing or the corner of a garment. Now, why does that matter? A Jewish rabbi would wear a prayer shawl oftentimes, a prayer shawl. And at the bottom of these prayer shawls would be all kinds of tassels. And these tassels at the bottom of this prayer shawl uh, would serve as a reminder of the promises and the commandments of God that among many other things in these promises and commandments that among many things it also would speak of God's promise to protect and to heal. Now, I want you to track with me on this because I don't want you to miss it. This is really important. Maybe you've never seen this before. I don't want you to miss it. Over time. There, there arose this idea in Israel that when the Messiah came, and who's the Messiah? That when the Messiah came, that when Jesus would come, that in his prayer shawl, in the corners of his garment, that there would be healing. You with me on this? That there would be healing, that there would be healing in his wings, that there would be healings in the corners of his garment. So one day, this rabbi named Jesus came into the world. And what we know profoundly about him is he is a great teacher. In fact, when he would teach, I mentioned this recently, people would just sort of look at each other in awe, and they had heard what was in their estimation the greatest teachers of them, of them all, but they would look and they'd say, who is this guy? Because we've never heard anybody teach the way that Jesus teaches. In fact, in my devotions this week as well, I went back to that time where, where Jesus' family, and, and they leave, they're in this caravan, and they leave, and it's 
it's sort of unique to me that they're just letting sort of Jesus run around. But, you know, Mary Joseph, you know, he's with family. It says he was with some of his families, or at least that what, that's what they thought. And, and it goes back, and it says that they're looking, and they can't find him. And he's back where they left from. And he's in the temple, and they're like, Jesus, what are you doing? We're, we've been worried sick. You're supposed to be with your cousins. You're supposed to be with your family. We have to, and, and Jesus, I love the way, and, he, and he's just a boy. He's a small boy. And, and this is what he said. He said, but didn't you know, I had to be about my father's business. And it says that in the way, uh, you know, that Jesus was speaking, even as a small boy, and the questions that he is asking, he's not really in his teaching ministry yet, but just the way that he talks and, and, and the questions that he's asking, it's like they're amazed. And he grows up, and Jesus is a great teacher, but Jesus is more than just a great teacher. Jesus is also a great healer. And I want to take you now to a beautiful thing that happens in Mark chapter 5. Keep it in mind what we've already looked at or talked about to this point. All right, Mark 5, uh, they're going to put it up on the screen, verses 24 through 26. So let's look at these verses together. A large crowd followed. Let's do a timeout right there. How many of you like to study the Bible different, different ways? Just, you know, just, you know, mix it up a little bit. Next time you read the New Testament, do something that I did a number of years ago. Anytime, if you happen to write in your Bible, and, you know, I, I do, and it's legal, by the way, I just want to let you know. Uh, if you write in your Bible or highlight in your Bible, just anytime you see a large crowd or a large gathering or anything, uh, just sort of highlight that. You're going to be amazed how often that this happens. A large crowd followed and pressed around Jesus. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. We don't know all that that means. We just know that there's some sort of blood abnormality. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors. She, she got a second, a third, a fourth, we don't know how often, but many doctors. And look at this next part. And had spent all that she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. I mean, doctors, the medical community was uh, doing everything that they could to help this dear woman. But, but unfortunately, there was no resolve. Now, again, this is Mark's gospel. There's a writer, a great thinker. His name is David Leem. Some of you have heard of him. David Leem has written this uh, concerning Mark's gospel. About 18% of his gospel is what he calls healing narrative, meaning that of the 677 verses in Mark's gospel, 121 of them speak uh, in regards to healing. He further adds, and of his first 10 chapters, Mark's 10 chapters, more than half of them relate to the miraculous and it gives us the numbers on that as well 200 this is first 10 chapters 220 of the first 444 uh, four, 445 verses deal with the miraculous so it's amazing that um, you know Mark is speaking so much about the healing of Jesus and the miraculous nature of Jesus now why does Mark devote this much space because I'll tell you why because healing happens and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Now think about this lady for just a moment. How long has she dealt with this? Twelve long years. Doctor after doctor. Visit after visit. Expenditure after expenditure. And she's not getting worse I mean, better, she's getting worse as time goes on. And can you imagine what life must have been like for her? For more than a decade, she has suffered in her body. 
But this is a woman that not only longs to be healed, but Mark tells us that financially speaking, we saw it a moment ago, that she is devastated. She has spent all that she had. Now, what we don't know, and, and we can only speculate, this is not the gospel, uh, you can only speculate at this point and ask some questions, all right? Uh, the Bible doesn't tell us everything about every situation, and it may have been like this, or it may have been uh, quite different, but it just makes you wonder, if she had spent everything that she had, has this lady now become a beggar as a means to survival? As she, as she spent everything. There's no backup plans. There's no governmental assistance. There's no uh, safety net to catch her. So she has, you know, if, if she's not married, maybe she is. And that, I'll talk about that in just a moment. But, but maybe, we don't know, maybe she has been reduced to that of a beggar because she spent everything that she's got trying to be healed. Uh, writers tell us that if her physical abnormality was such that her bleeding was constantly, and a lot have written about that in the, in the Pentateuch, the first uh, few birth, uh, books of the Bible in the Old Testament, if her physical uh, abnormality was such that she was bleeding constantly, then she would have been declared unclean. And that was a, we don't think about that often when we read the story, but that is so, if, she may have been a person that was just, uh, you know, perpetually unclean. She's just always, that if she sat in a chair, the chair was unclean. If she laid in bed, the bed was unclean. If she touched somebody, that person would become unclean. And so she was just, because of her condition, it could have been such, depending on the nature of her belief, that she was just unclean all of the time. And, that, and could you imagine the sense of aloneness and isolation? Can you imagine, think about that, having thought about that, can you imagine if she was a mom? If she was a mom or if she was a grandmother, she could not touch her kids less. Does this make sense to you? Lest her kids become unclean. And everybody, you know, wants to hold their kids, wants to hug their kids, wants to love their kids. And uh, especially, you know, uh, if they're grandkids. And, uh, you know, uh, we got a story this week. And, you know, I'm probably going to have a grandkid story. It just goes with life. And uh, so... So Kinley, she, I told you about her recently. She is the rule keeper. Remember, I told you about on the bus and she's upset. You know, did you get in trouble? Did anybody say anything to you because you had lemonade instead of water on the bus? No, nobody said anything. Then why are you so upset? Because I don't want to break the rules. All right, that's Kinley. Landry loves to break the rules. I told you that last week. This week, Landry, she's in Target. You know, she's in Target with her family, and, uh, and she's quick. And so they're just looking at a couple of things. By the time that they turn around, uh, Landry, who's only two, has taken off the shirt that she wore in the store, and she's put on a brand new shirt that she liked better than the shirt that she wore in. And she's taken off her little bitty rain boots that she had on, and she's walking around barefooted with a new shirt, her shirt laying in the floor, looking for a new pair of shoes. <laughs> Security, security. We have a miniature shoplifter on all seven. Security, security. You know, shoplift. I, I, you know what? I knew that when they moved away from their pawpaw, they were going to take up criminal activity. I knew that. <laughs> and I was proven to be true. I want to hold my grandkids. You know, I, I love to FaceTime, but how many of you know there's just something about holding your kids or your grandkids? What if she was unclean? If she was unclean, could she ever touch her children? Think about that. If she had been declared unclean and she was married, and maybe she was a wife, could her husband ever touch her? 
I think this situation is much bigger than what we think it is when we read through Mark's gospel, and it's recorded in the other gospels as well. And we don't see how profoundly devastating that all of this is for her. And every night, like some of you have done in your own life, she prays for healing. And every morning she awakens to wonder, perhaps this could be the day. Could this be the day that I'm healed of that which has plagued my body for so long? And somebody then tells her about Jesus. We don't know how much she knows about Jesus, but somebody tells her about Jesus. In fact, says, guess what? This rabbi, Jesus, the Messiah, is nearby. He's close by. And by the way, there is healing in his wings. Look at verses 27 and 28. We're still in Mark chapter 5. Look at these next two verses. These are great verses. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him. Now, that, that, that too matters. A lot of times when we're just reading our devotions real quick, well, why would she come up? I mean, she's, she's not just like coming front. And, it's almost like she sneaks up behind him. And there's a lot of people around. We read that a few moments ago. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and she touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. She says to herself, and again, I want you to keep in mind what we mentioned earlier. She says to herself this, if somehow I could just touch his clothes. But it was not just any part of his clothes that she wanted to touch. If I could just touch, you with me on this? If I could just touch the corner, the hem of his garment, I will receive the healing that I so desperately need. Because there is healing in his wings. Now check out what happens next. This is utterly amazing. I love the Bible. I read a lot of books. I just finished a great John Grisham book. It's very interesting. Finished it last night. It has nothing on the Bible. The Bible is incredibly exciting. Look at this next part of it. Here it is, right? I know it looks like a phone now, but it's a verse. All right, here we go. Immediately, look, she touches his garment. There's healing in his wings. Immediately, her bleeding stopped. How long has she had it? Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body. Can you imagine this? She felt something in her body. By the way, Jesus feels something in his body as well. She felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. Wouldn't you love to know what, if Jesus could describe that? Well, what do you mean? What, what was that like? He turned around in the crowd and he asked, Who touched my clothes? All right? Who touched my clothes? He's wondering, who is it that touched my clothes? Now look at the next part. You see the people crowding against you, his disciple has answered. And yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, look at this, knowing what had happened to her that she had been healed, the bleeding immediately stopped, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. This woman is instantly healed. If I more, had more time this morning, I'd, I'd talk to you about there are occasions in the Bible where somebody might would be, we might would say they were progressively healed. But there's nothing, nothing progressive about this woman's healing. It is instantaneously. Back to David Lean for a moment. He says, he writes, it is God's will to heal. I think that's where we begin. It is God's will to heal unless God has a higher will for the immediate situation. That is to say, God always desires the best for us that we might glorify him most effectively. 
Now, did you notice Jesus' question? Of course you did. He said, who touched my clothes? Now, I, I don't know how all that worked out. I know he's fully God, and I know he's fully man, and, and maybe he's speaking out of his humanity, but I've just got a feeling Jesus asked a question, and it's rhetorical in the fact that he already knows the answer. He's just looking at this person is going to identify themselves. Who touched my clothes? Because we read right here in Mark 5 that power had gone out from him. And how does this now healed woman react? It says that she came and she fell at his feet and she's trembling with fear. Now, sometimes, again, when we're just reading real quickly through the Gospels or through another portion of the Bible, we don't slow down long enough to think about, well, why is she, why is she trembling with fear? Why did she fall? Maybe she fell out of his feet, out of worship, out of exaltation, out of great gratitude and thanksgiving. But why is she trembling with fear? And again, we can only speculate, but perhaps it is for this reason. Perhaps that she feels she's trembling in fear because maybe she feels in her heart that she has broken the law. That of all people that she has caused to become unclean, she has called Jesus to become unclean because her, an unclean woman, has touched Rabbi Jesus. And then she waits. She waits to see how Jesus is going to react. What is Jesus going to do? Is he going to be upset? I mean, wouldn't you love to know the tone that Jesus asked the question? Who touched me? How many of you know there's a lot of things that you can say based on how you say them? You know, was Jesus like, who touched me? Smile, or was he like, who touched me? And they're like, are you, I mean, how do you like the response of the disciple? Are you kidding me? Really? Who touched you? Only about 274 people. That's all. No, somebody touched me. I know they did. Because when they touched the hem of my garment, I felt power go out of me. And it says that Jesus is looking around. I, I, don't, I don't know. But I think, and some of the scholars that are here this morning can, uh, can tell me later. But, but I think Jesus already knows. And he looks around and she's like, it's me. It's me. I did it. She came, trembling with fear, fell at his feet, and told him the whole truth, it says. I want you to take a look at how Jesus responds. She's like, all right, again, if she's caused Jesus to become unclean, she may be wondering what's going to happen. Look at this last, this is uh, Mark 5 as well. He said to her, Jesus said to her, I love this. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. How many of you know in one moment's time, everything has changed for her? Because... She had found the one who had healing in his wings. We know that things happen. We know that sometimes it's painful things that happen. Sometimes painful things in our body, and some of you are sick in your body, or somebody that you know and love is very, very sick in their body. Sometimes it's not that our body is sick, but it's that our mind is conflicted and afflicted. And we're struggling with our thoughts. Maybe it's our emotions that are out of control. Maybe it's a relationship that is broken and fragmented. I just ask you today as we get ready to wrap up this service on this Memorial Day weekend, where do you need healing? What do you need Jesus to do for you? I love that when Jesus posed that question one day when he walks alongside and there's this blind man on the side of the road. And, and I love the way that Jesus asked. And, and again, Jesus asked questions that he already knows the answer. And he's like, what do you want me to do for you? And Jesus already knows. But he said, Jesus, I just want to see. I just want to see.
What do you want Jesus to do for you today? Because, you know, when you look at the scriptures, you have to acknowledge that there is healing in his wings. And some of you may feel that your life is totally out of control these days. And you're not alone. A lot of people feel that way. And actually, it may very well be something that is beyond your control, just like this woman who had been sick for 12 long years. The situation you're dealing with maybe didn't just crop up last week, last month, even last year. Maybe it's something that has just been going on and on, and, and it's out of your control. If this woman could have, um, you know, corrected her abnormality, her sickness, she would have done it. She did everything she knew to do. She exhausted every effort, every bit of money that she had, but it was out of her control. So what you're walking through probably is outside of your control. But I want to tell you, listen to me, friends. This is where I want you to find hope and encouragement. It is not outside of the realm of God's control. It is no doubt bigger than you are, but it is certainly not impossible with God because I remind you of something that I read in Luke's gospel earlier this week. And the power of God is with Jesus to heal. And you got to personalize that and say, why wouldn't he want to heal me? Why wouldn't he want to touch me? So what is it? What is it today about you that is broken? What is it about you today that is sick? What is it about you that is hurting? What is it about you that needs to be healed? Whatever it is, and no matter how long it has existed, and no matter how many times you have prayed about it, I encourage you to trust and believe, to trust and believe today this morning before we leave. And here's the reason why. The Messiah has come. Jesus, the rabbi, has come. And there is healing in his wings. And with God, all things are possible. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? Everybody, whatever area you need healing in, your mind, your emotions, a relationship, in your body, or maybe it's a family member that needs to be healed and you just want to stand for them. Maybe it's a son, maybe it's a daughter, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a close friend, but you just know that they need Jesus to touch them. I want you to just stand right there where you're at. Just stand right up where you're at. I just felt this strongly all week long working on this talk that before we did anything, before we left this place today, that we just needed to trust and we needed to believe. Don't believe in me. You know me. I'm like, oh man, you know, wow, Charlie, that's amazing. Your grandson got healed. I was shocked. Don't believe in me. I can't heal. You can't heal, but Jesus can. And there's healing in his wings. And right now, let's just call out. Let's just say, Jesus, I want to touch the hem of your garment. Whoever you're standing for. And if it's you, just say, Jesus, I'm reaching out to you today. I need you to heal me. I need you to heal my friend. I need you to heal my family member. I need you to heal me. And and God, right now in this place, in this serious, sober moment, Jesus, we don't come in the name of Victory Church. And we don't come in the name of the pastoral staff. And we don't come in the name of Pastor Jeff. But we come in this place, in this moment, right here today, in the name of Jesus, who is able to heal. Jesus, there's healing in your wings. Would you touch those that need healing, those that need healing in their bodies, those that need healing in their minds, those who need healing in a relationship, those who need healing in their emotions, those that they're standing for, the family members, friends. Jesus, would you do your work? Would you do your work? Would you heal? 
Would you touch just as you did for the woman in Mark 5 with the woman with the issue of blood? Would you do that for those that we're standing for today? Would you heal? We believe you. We trust in you. God, we're believing that we're going to hear a good report. Maybe we'll hear it today. Maybe we'll hear it this week. But God, we're trusting that we're going to hear that you intervened some way, somehow, that you did something that no human being could ever do because there is healing in your wings. And we reach out this morning to touch the hem of your garment. In Jesus' name, can we give Jesus some praise in this place? Can we put our hands together and bless the Lord? Bless the Lord. Well, everybody else stand now. I hope you have a great weekend. Now, listen, I already know where I'm going next weekend. How many of you know that's a good thing that I already know where I'm going next weekend? It's a good thing for me. And it's one of those talks, because it's the Bible, that you really need to hear. So be back next Sunday. Bring somebody with you. Have a wonderful weekend. I love you, everybody. See you next Sunday.